Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> I suggest to you that the coronavirus pandemic hoax is simply a means to corral and prepare the captive audience for the main event. The world population sat at home, socially isolated, disheartened, brainwashed to the nth degree by months and maybe years of constant programming, with nothing to do but watch the telescreen, hungry for the main event. It is too easy to think that the corona hoax is the main event. The final act is still to come and I suspect it may be something that we have not yet thought of, unless perhaps we can read the tea leaves. Yes, I am suggesting that the current worldwide hoax psyop we are going through at present is in preparation for something greater, and there are two ways to prepare, to let those who run the show prepare you, or to take the great opportunity at hand and ready your soul. Okay then, this is TNG and I'm back again with another episode of The Last Wonder of Belief. Joining me today is Dapey Dapey. Hello there, Dapey. Hello, everyone. And uh, today we're going to be discussing a content creator that has kind of took hold at TNG Breaking Reality on the Discord server. And his name is the Rebellious Meat Puppet, and he is also known as Homo Jewus Infectus, <laughs> which is which is a rather <laughs> wonderful name. <laughs> Uh, but apparently he was banned under that title. But I have noticed that on 
bit shoot is using that title again. I don't know whether that's a caveat. It's one of your <laughs> one of your caveats, Dave. Underneath his channel name, so. <laughs> I'm already shutting my mind down, TNG. I'm offended. <laughs> yeah. So what's happened then is that we've all started seeing his work obviously you dipey were probably the main one to introduce to the discord server the work of this character and it's reached uh, a point where you've actually produced a video based on one of his audio or rather, well one of his videos but obviously his work is really just sitting on his phone and reading off his views of reality but the video that you have produced is well to be honest it, again it's absolutely exceptional and it's pretty clear as well that he was pretty impressed as well with what you've done with with his video because to be honest, it is quite a, a privilege or an honour to have somebody do that to your work. And obviously, he's not the first one you've done that to. But yeah, so and then if you want to take it up from there, Dapey, and just say what you want to say about well, your views on the rebellious meat puppet before we start going into this piece. Because obviously, that is what we want to do today, is actually talk about this one particular train of thought that he's given out, which really is the framework for his view of reality. Well, I would just say, because people have a tendency to sometimes shut their minds down to someone's ideas if there's some points which they don't necessarily disagree with. One could be he's very Jew-wise, and the second could be, because we move primarily in the hoax-aware area, and I don't think he's that au fait with the ideas of, say, the war hoax or the history hoax. I mean, he will say that he understands that a lot of history is bullshit. I don't think he sees it in the same way that a lot of people listening see it. But I would suggest people just lay those ideas aside because I think what's most interesting about him is his more psychological or spiritual insights, say it's a kind of Nietzsche character might be. And the video I picked, I prefaced it with the very beginning, in my opinion, this is, well, this is the other thing that will shut people's minds down is if they, they think it's not positive enough or it's too negative. And I put, in my opinion, this monologue is nothing to do with positivity or negativity, but is an insightful man describing the reality of our situation as he sees it, no bullshit. And I think it's important, and I said, the reality of our situation. He may have his ideas about what this reality is or construct, but the most important thing for me is what is the reality of man's situation within this construct? And I think that's the most fascinating thing, what he is giving. And the very beginning of the monologue, he makes this couple of sentences, which I think, I think will resonate with a lot of people. And he says... It's a really challenging place to be in life when you are what awake enough aware enough conscious enough whatever word applies a little bit of all of it to see that the grand reality of the species that you are a part of is something that i guess i'll use words like repugnant is so fucking repugnant offensive because from where I sit, I don't see myself as the most intelligent guy in the world. I'm not the most woke, awakened, uh, tuned in, or anything like that. And I'm capable of seeing this for what it is. And I sit here and look at the world, the responses, which more or less alludes to their lack of response. The amount of information that has come out relevant to this stuff is, well, they've been telling us the whole time. But if you don't have the eyes to see or the ears to hear, you're certainly not going to know 
that they're telling you. Or if you're laughing from the trough of the mainstream media, you're probably not going to be all that savvy and aware of where to go to find anything that resembles truth, facts, the reality. Species that you are a part of is repugnant. And that's a tough thing because that first sentence could be viewed in a very negative way and that you don't have sympathy for others. And I think if anyone listens to the whole of the talk, you will find that he is a deeply sympathetic and compassionate person. That he's, a lot of his suffering comes from the understanding that the suffering that man goes through. But the very last word, I think, is important for the beginning of the reality of our situation is what is the reality of mankind? What has become of him, maybe? And I say become because he says the reality of the species that you are a part of is repugnant. Why would he use the word repugnant? No one thinks a sheep being a sheep-like being is repugnant. But to see man like that is repugnant. Why? To me, it indicates that there's something has been done to us to make us that way. That's why we get that feeling. And I use... You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. The idea of Gollum... So Gollum wasn't always like that, but he's become that way. And I think that's what I took from that introduction. Not just what has been done to man, we've been Gollumized, but what a challenging place to be in, to be able to see these things, and for no one else seemingly around you to be aware of it. So that actual statement that you've read off, that's actually quite a way into the monologue, isn't it? Uh, isn't it right at the beginning? Well, I've got... Oh, right, sorry, 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 yeah. So the, the actual opening statement is the, the grand reality of the species that you are a part of is so fucking repugnant and offensive. That is the opening... Oh, yeah. The opening statement. See, this is where I was a little, shall we say, edged off in the wrong train of thought there because his opening statements, the reality of the species is so repugnant it's only i think it's further in where he actually says about oh, it being a challenge man, yeah man being repugnant as it were so so <laughs> not that it makes any difference yeah well because he then says and this is an interesting question what does it say about a human being that cannot will not or is incapable of seeing the deception what does that say and all of the things that come to my mind are all negative, meaning they're unconscious, they're unthinking, they're more herd-like, they have no perception, they don't critically think, they don't use the faculties that were imbued into them when they were born of intelligence and logic and reason and all of that stuff. What does it say about a human being that cannot, will not, or is incapable of seeing the deception? And he then draws the analogy of the lemmings. And to know that this is being perpetuated by billionaires and governments around the world, which... When you really do the math, even though there's a lot, probably tens of millions of, of people all involved in this, they pale in comparison to the whole of the human body, the body of humanity. And I think it's abundantly clear that the state of consciousness and awareness of 90 plus percent of the human species is such that they are clearly being manipulated and led like herd animals. And I have visions of, if you've ever seen videos of what lemmings are and how they run themselves off the fucking cliff, something is driving the lemmings. And the more I sit and process the sheer magnitude of agendas at play and what it is that I know about the details of the agendas at play and the human perception does not change. The manipulation and the deception continues every day, perpetuated, unfortunately, so largely by the human herd, by the ignorant masses who are too busy with their jobs, making their money to pick their head up from the grazing that they're doing, as I've said, 
and actually think. And this again was interesting for me because he talks about lemmings, which we all know is a term that we use a lot. But he says the lemmings are seemingly being driven off a cliff. And what was interesting was someone commented on my video to draw out the lemming hoax, where they pointed out that lemmings don't actually throw themselves off cliffs. But the Disney Channel filmed a documentary, and basically the people making the documentary purposely drove the lemmings off the cliff. <laughs> and someone someone replied to say, oh, he's wrong about the lemmings because of this hoax. But his exact words are, something is driving the lemmings off the cliff. Yep, so he's and actually his model is actually Disney's... <laughs> which you then Cereal, take in, yeah. even take into account Disney in the media then that is another so it's, yeah, it's not just the lemmings are jumping off and, and that ties into this idea of what's been done to us through this programming and conditioning that we've received that it's turned us into these beings that wouldn't naturally throw ourselves off the cliff but they are driving us off the cliff I mean that statement about the rolling it back to the beginning of this little lemming piece what does it say about a human being that cannot will not or is incapable of seeing the deception that the whole nature of our reality here is driven by the fact that you shouldn't probably shouldn't be able to that the whole it's intended that you don't it's not intended that you do so it's almost a mute statement really doesn't it because it's almost we see the programming we know everybody's mind controlled and traumatized and and everything else so what does it say maybe the opposite the point he was trying to make links back to that golem idea that the very reason that we ask this question or some are able to perhaps says something about something that we can see that maybe once it was or how it should be or or what has been done why would we ask the question is the question well he he answers that statement doesn't he with what does that say all the things that come to my mind are negative yeah so every 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 single answer to his his postulated question is a negative is saying what is it meaning they are unconscious unthinking they are all herd like no perception they don't critically think i mentioned during the during the prequel that i actually started trying to transcript the narrative here and what i did notice is is obviously it doesn't stop for breath so yeah. his his sentences are two paragraphs long and <laughs> the one thing about this guy is when he blurts something out he'll give you something to think about but he's already moved on to the his his, yeah. his next part of the point of the same constructed problem it just goes on and on and on and on and on and it, so actually transcripting this so if i was going to transcript this for to say to put on the site I, i'd have to completely rework it yeah and, and in fact, as I've wrote it down, I have actually made some changes to the grammar as I've gone along. I think it's a sign that sometimes you get that if someone's thought deeply and contemplated something, you basically get the inner insight. And yeah. then when you to be able to then talk about it, you're then grappling with the words to try and put this this thing across that you can that you see or you've perceived. And that sometimes one of the problems is, is that when you are saying it, you're accounting for all these different aspects, trying to tie it all together. And sometimes if you take each part of it, you can take a few sentences and it may look like, like at the moment, it may look like he's saying that like there's no way that they can ever like understand it. And you think you could take a particular way of understanding it, but later on he might say something else which would indicate that there's a deeper understanding. But that's just because he's trying to 
draw out this insights. What does that say about people? And his answer is, is that they don't use the faculties. Yeah. That, again, his very words, they don't use the faculties that were imbued into them when they were born. I think he just after he goes on to say, and I like this bit, he says, the more I sit and process the, sh the sheer magnitude of agendas at play, and when I know the details of the agendas at play, and the human perception does not change. The manipulation and deception continues every day, perpetuated by the human herd, too busy to pick up their head from the grazing and think. This is all unpicked out sentences here and there. So yeah. he then says, They'll hold on to their perception with a white knuckle death grip and violently defend what they believe, what they think they know, and all of that under the context of 95% of that or more has been handed to them off the television, the mainstream media, and those that believe in their authority and see these people on TV as the authorities and all of that other shit. They will hold on to their perception with a white-knuckle death grip, and their perceptions come from the authorities. So just the fact when he says their perception, they hold on to their perceptions with a white-knuckle death grip. So this metaphor that he uses does kind of fit with the idea that I've... Can you... I was going to break Zoe TNG. Can you hear that noise in the background? No. Okay, if you do, I can... Someone started doing something. <laughs> but I just, I'll just go back. So just the very phrase that he uses, they will hold on to their perceptions with a white knuckle death grip. That indicates that underneath what he's saying about they will not use it, they do not use it, they're unconscious, that there is something in them which is holding on to these perceptions, which is similar to what I've said about how, for example, I can see how the NPC meme is a very good model for what we are actually seeing, the way people are acting. It's very simple, but also you can explain it just the same way where it's a superficial model. Underneath it, there is this idea of the person being free enough to deny their freedom or the person being asleep, but pretending like... They won't wake up because they refuse to wake up. And there's so underneath it, from listening to the whole monologue, I think he's saying on this superficial level, this is what man has become, this is what they're like. But still underneath it, there is something deeper to man which links into why would they torment us like this? Why would they, if we were just a toaster, you just turn the dial. So why are all these other things necessary? So I think that is within it. But if we're understanding it on a superficial level of what man is now, what does that mean? And then this idea of them holding on to their perceptions like a white knuckle death grip, they get angry if you try and change it. That's why I suggested about leading people to the, the river of cognitive dissonance, but you can't make them cross it. And he even talks about this because he says in order to deal with this, to break through of this, it involves a great deal of suffering. A man just does not want to do it, so he retreats back into this herd animal state. And that would link into the way our meat suit's been designed to function on fear and self-preservation, which binds us closer to this material construct and the meat suit, which keeps us in this herd animal state. The thing again, though, with this is, so they don't, they don't want to let go of their perceptions, but they've actually been taught to hold on to those perceptions. They've not been taught another way. Yeah, people may be too far gone now. So the programming and conditioning and trauma starts in the womb. So the fact that it starts so early in the womb, again, would indicate to me that underlying what man is now, this superficial NPC-hood, there is something deeper. But that's not to say that man cannot be taken to such a state that he can't get back to it. So that's why you can say they cannot, they will not. You could say all those things without denying this other underlying level. But that he may just 
maybe so far gone that he's never going to get back to it. And he cannot get back, if you see what I mean. If you cross too far over to the other side, it may be impossible to get back. Yeah. And I think that explanation fits better with the more broad argument he's giving about trauma and what's been done and stuff. So I think both can be true, not a, not as a double thing, but just put on different levels. Because he even says we're dealing with the shit on multiple levels of existence, but we don't have the proverbial playbook. So like, yeah, the, the masses may be too far gone. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Well, it's worse than not having the proverbial playbook. We're actually offered <laughs> what is supposed to be the proverbial yeah. playbook. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> which clearly is not. So that's double jeopardy. Oh, dear. And uh, so that's kind of like his first... Sorry if you can hear my papers rustling. I'm just <laughs> flicking to my note. That's kind of the first section of his thought, which is... So he talks about the hard place for someone like us to be in who can see the reality of this situation. So then he was been talking about the way man was made perhaps and the way he is now and the way the system functions in order to perhaps get him to that state or to perpetuate that state or to manipulate him in the state he is in now and i think the next section the next interesting question he asks so for the sake of maybe now talking about it we'll just assume his point something has willfully intentionally with malice and forethought, continuously done this to the human species in order to traumatize the human species, recognizing that we are a species that's born blank, that we are mental, emotional, psychological, energy-based beings, that whatever it is that created us did not give us inherent fortifications for these core aspects of our beings. We're just like, we're, we're ripe for manipulation. We're like defenseless herd animals surrounded by an army of hunters with precision hunting rifles and good scopes. And the more I have sat and thought about this, the more I have tried to sit in contemplation of the human position. Which is, what does this say about a creator who would create man in this way, easily manipulated, tormented, traumatized, to be put into a meat grinder of a world full of deception and manipulation? And then he even asked a more heartbreaking question. What did we do to warrant this, to attract this, to deserve this, to have to endure this? And if, as a species, we are weak, vulnerable, little pink lab mice, you just got to wonder why. What did we do? And again, just take some assumptions. If we're just lab mice, why were we made like, like this? If there is a creator, why does he not help us? Just making the assumption of a creator, what we've now understood about the human condition that we're in, the herd and those with eyes to see, it's equally, it's very difficult for us as well. What does that say about a creator of this place? Yeah, the, the way you put this section or part of the, the monologue is pretty astounding, to be honest. Yeah. It's, and it's really, really puts it across. The emotion he puts in his speech as well is, is really, it's it does get, yeah. And Dipey, when you, the flipping music, Music you used you used in in these first few sections really really drawed it out it really did I have to say whether that was totally intentional or not boy you, you something happened with that music I, put, I did I put certain bits in certain places where I wanted the most effect is the sheer amount of unrelenting trauma that the human species has gone through in whatever period that fits the last hundred years three hundred years five hundred years something massive has happened or when you, when you look at it as a whole but it could be a series of small events large events wars and the types of things that have been happening on this planet to put humans and to such a large degree the children of our species that will develop with this 
into a severely traumatized, psychologically and emotionally damaged. And as I said before, when the human being has all kinds of trauma and baggage and damage that is stuck and contained within their mind, within their psyche, and that stuff has not been healed, cleared, cleaned, dealt with, um, there's not a lot of room for growth within the mind, within the psyche. There's not a lot of room for any other thing until that is dealt with. And I put the other music to fill in where it was less important, but there were certain bits where I wanted things lined up exactly and I worked the rest around it. Just that, what you were just saying about that section links back to that first beginning when he talks about to find them so repugnant. Well, he even, he, sorry, he even, he even goes back to that word again because when he comes to this next section, he, he mentions the soul test and, and what the, oh, yeah. Yeah, what the, the new age and, and all this always presenting that you, your test, it's a, a test to be here. And he, he does say that some aspects of that may be true. And sometimes but, it seems like it. Yeah, but he says then, then he goes in for the kill and says, but the whole idea is repugnant. So he uses that word again. And again, if yeah. that was the case, what would that say about the creator? Can you imagine if you knew a school teacher who fucking taught using those methods? You'd fucking lynch them. But no, the loving God teachers like that. But I, get, I think the word repugnant is because when you say about the emotion in his voice when he's talking about this human condition and what it would mean for a creator to have made not just him but mankind like this, I think again it shows that he's using repugnancy in this idea of just when he looks around and sees the state of man, it is repugnant. But underlying that you can see there and i use the word sympathy or compassion because they both in the greek or latin mean suffering together with so underlying that there is someone who is not necessarily suffering with the, what man's become but suffering with what is underlying maybe what once was that's gone or maybe what's still there which is clouded over so i think it does say something about his broader view of mankind I think, anyway. Some of his statements, though, in that, that second part is absolutely phenomenal. It really is. Yeah, it, 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 moves, it moves me. You know, he says, we're created not knowing anything, needing authorities, not being able to know truly what is going on, how it, it takes a lifetime just to master a few of the aspects that are needed to try and understand these things. We die after not very long. We don't remember if we come back. We're ripe for manipulation. And again, he said, what does it say about a creator that would give us no knowledge about our enemy? And one of the things you could say is that the creator is our enemy. Like you could draw that inference quite easily from what he presents. Yeah, and in fact, he actually does without saying it, I think. I mean, he says what we were manipulated on a level from an unseen realm. That Again, that is so fucking offensive, but no way to fight back against it. Then you go back to the statement about what, what did we do? Yeah. to have to endure this but then he sticks in going back around to the soul test and the the little pink lab mice yeah. <laughs> so what did the what did the little pink lab mice do to endure the their time in the lab you know what i mean it's they didn't do anything so clearly neither did we <laughs> and what, what I'm about to say, I don't, I don't mean to insult anyone, anyone's own like spiritual beliefs, but I think it's important to look these things head on. Is that if we look at the act realm, and then there's so much about, oh, the creator gave us our rights, the creator did this for us. This goes back, to, but no one's thinking 
about this is why I think what he says is important here. And then we think about what we see, the way the manipulation and the system of control works, where we have we're trained to trust an authority. Everyone trusts in these authorities, the authors of our stories. But God made us in that exact way, if there is a God. And secondly, so you get a lot of people say the Christian truthers who can see this whole system of control where we have to do it, but their answer is just to trust in it's the exact same control system. They're presenting this idea of the creator where we just trust in him and all our rights come from him. We're just basically taking the word state and saying God. And because he's from a different higher realm, then that makes it all okay and not the same control system. But everything I see presented from the creator and the way it seems to function is the exact control system. But no one seems to notice it. <laughs> <laughs> So it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, and so then I put in that footage, you probably remember, of the, the rats going around that maze with the peanut butter. And I put that little dig in about his peanut butter synchromysticism. But I was actually trying to make an important point. Like in the current hoax, we were talking about it earlier. So much of what is part of it is revealed to us. And then we think, oh, look, we've worked out. And it's usually explained as revelation of the method. You know, they have something in the Talmud or in there's or in their books or maybe God has where they have to tell us for some moral reason. And I don't think it has to be a moral reason at all or they are bound by some natural law which seems to ha which has karmic effects which we never see happen. I think it's far more likely that it, well, not like, it could well be that even this revelation of the method as it's called is just part of the flippin' peanut butter they lay around this bloody maze. It's just, it's just part of the, the control mechanism again. Well, it goes back to the trauma again, doesn't it? And he himself, going again further back to the beginning of the, of the narrative, he does say, the more you're aware, the more it weighs down on you, basically, is what he's saying. Yeah. The, the more you see, the, wor the worse it gets. Basically, that's that's pretty much what he's saying. If we're being harvested for energy, as he suggests, then it could just be as well that, you know, the masses in the herd are harvested for their positive energy or whatever energy they get from them. And we're just harvested for the way that the events affect us. But there's no way to escape it because these events do impinge on us. <laughs> it's a blue it's and shit show. Now you're breaking into the, the other realms again, aren't you there? So he mentions the, the purple the or V, or whatever you say, it. Oh, and, yeah. and in that, it's the obvious statements from from the deities. In there is let us create them to nourish and sustain us. But then that could just—it's just more of the trauma again, isn't it? I mean, what could be worse than offering an image of these perfect beings or a perfect creator or whatever, and then <laughs> and then giving you that statement from their mouth and I mean this goes back to the Old Testament for me again as well the spiritual side of things where we offered these books uh, as a as the image of God and this is where we're heading this is what we're aiming to be that's your the goal of man to pull themselves back to that image but then it just goes back to RMP's statement of everything's so fucking offensive I, I think we're going to say the word fuck many times in this <laughs> in this podcast and he, he does use it repeatedly even though I would 
do try, usually in most of my podcasts, to not swear. But unfortunately, in this instance, it's going to keep happening. But yes, so what I was saying, so you've got this image of God, and, and then it goes back to the Old Testament, which obviously is the, you know, the image of God and the basis for the Christian religion, and also Judaism, and... To be honest, the image of God in that book is fucking offensive. Yeah. It really is. So I'm staggered that I fell for it. Yeah. Even if you take like the Christian perspectives, whatever way they look at it, if you just take circumcision. Now, so they're viewing Jesus as God, so he basically decides who he's going to go along with, and he gets his blooming foreskin chopped off when he's okay because he fulfills all the law. <laughs> so he clearly is going along with that. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious that that is like traumatic abuse of children. Here's their God going all along with it with no qualms about it. It's a big feast in the bloody Eastern Orthodox Church for circumcision of the Lord. Come on. I mean, just touching on the fact, you know, obviously most Christians, or well, all Christians will always, their image of God is Christ. So they're pointing back to this, you know, the Son of Man as being who they're aiming, you know, everything is aiming back to bring humanity into the image of Jesus himself. But this <laughs> this Jesus is a narcissistic twat, yeah. twat who is, his father is the offensive Dude, <laughs> and the image from from the Old Testament. So and he's getting them all to worship worship him. Yeah, and then um, he says, and he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. Yeah. So he commands things, and the only way you can show your love to him is by being obedient to his commands. That is love. It literally says it. And that, again, it's the control system. And then, because it links in with what RMP says, because, again, there's something else in this in the act realm, the whole control system, is that something's coming to help us. Something's coming to save us. You know, is it Trump? Is it Jesus? Is it the benevolent cosmos? And he says, flat out, nothing is coming to help us. And he says, every day the evidence stacks up, and yet people just keep, believing it and what's the, it links into what you've been talking about with the peaceful protests you know we're just man is programmed to never do anything about his situation to just accept it and there's a million different ways you see it in the normie world about the state trusting the scientists there's gonna be a vaccine blah 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 or you see it in the act realm with whether it's Q, whether it's Jesus, whether it's the benevolent cosmos, whether it's the creator who gave us our rights, something, whether it's karma who's going to work everything out eventually. And he's pretty much flat out. And he says, I, would, I want it to be. If anyone can show me anything which shows that it's going to happen. So he wants that, and I can understand that, he wants there to be this thing that's coming to help us. But every day the evidence stacks up, it's not, it's not going to happen. And he says, nothing on the light side or the dark side is coming. Which kind of links to a statement I've made, which is, what appears to matter most to the demiurgic system is we worship it or one of its agents, be they on the light side or the dark side. And I still stand by, by that statement. And just as a, an aside, I see a lot now people commenting at the moment on videos and stuff saying, uh, well, just remember, God wins. Or just remember, Jesus wins. <laughs> Again, it's just the same flipping control system. And it, this bit kind of links in to what a lot of people want or talk about, which is solutions. Or So we just, we just got to... What does this say about the creator? Kind of what did we do? And his last section, which is maybe a lot of people find it off-putting because they don't like anger or something. 
we're basically he's not saying that there definitely is a solution but i I guess what he says is if there is a solution pretty much it's dealing with whoever is at the very top of this and if he sees it as the creator it's basically cutting the head off the creator and people will see this as revenge or the only solution he is offering and he i don't he says he doesn't even i think he may even say he doesn't even know if it's possible but it links into this idea there is something powerful in us and he and other people are training themselves to uncover this and the day is coming when he is going to deal and put out of existence the creator or the creators or the gods or the angels or the demons whatever is behind this system he is going to put an end to and in a way that seems like what other solution could there be to this thing i mean it's going to be being a passive like oh being like gandhi or jesus like that's never got anyone anywhere it's the one thing that man does not want to do some of the deepest programming go back to genesis is never to blame god blame yourself the fall was our fault and if we're just submissive and obedient then he'll work it all out again if we just trust the plan so it just goes back to the very beginning but do we have this thing in us or are we just deluded about it but to me i think he's right whatever is at the top of this thing whether it's this world whether it's another world that could be viewed as moot it's whether man will ever be able to cut their fucking heads off metaphorically speaking <laughs> I think it's metaphorically and physically. I don't <laughs> both. I mean, I just do. You, is there? I don't. I don't. I can't. Especially within his logic or within his thought thought process, that is the outcome. But I mean, to me, it makes sense. And I don't know if man will ever do it because of the depth of his programming. And it would explain why the programming and torment and trauma is done. It will explain why the religious texts are the way they are. Why religion is there for us. Why politics is there for us. It does have a very good explanatory power. Well, I think the the thing for me is is that when you get to a certain point and you can see that uh, all the texts and all the all the knowledge and everything that's there is guiding you to be in this position where you're in a hopeless situation, the whole yeah. the whole lot. RMP himself says, you know, if not him, then one of us will reach the point and be able to basically dish out what needs to be dished out to to solve the problem. And yeah, he said it might not be, and again, if we just assume like this recycling of souls and whatever, he says, you know, it might not be in this this cycle, might not be in this, if you look in in resets, might not be in this reset. And it's something that we talked about the very beginning of when we started doing these podcasts. I talked about how I had this feeling that I've been through this before, but every time I made some mistake. I find it quite fascinating that when you look into the spiritual nature of this place and all the texts and everything aside, the fact that there is no actual clear even definition for what that means it does seem to indicate that there is something yet to be found so it is being you know there is a lot being away in that area being hidden and old rmp seems to have latched on to a few things that are quite provocative to say the least if we were to look at say the provided gnostic sources when they were discovered in 1950s 
Yeah. And I have a feeling that that's like uh, some kind of gatekeeping. So if, it, if people start to figure out some of the shit that's going on, they provide you with these stories. And with the way the truth and lie system works in our manipulation, there's going to be a damn lot of truth in it. But they're going to have their what they always have, these very subtle manipulations. And if you look at the well, I'm, I'm not an expert on Gnosticism, but as far as I can gather, it views like the Old Testament God as being the bad one. But jesus in the new testament he still has this role where he came to like put down the old testament god and lead people so jesus is still acting as a savior they just put it in a different way and so we're still relying on it's not even in their gnostic texts we don't have the ability to put an end to it we're still waiting for these you know you've got the archons on the bad side we're still waiting for the good angels on our side and jesus is like the guys so it's still they co it's so much of it is appealing and seems to explain a lot and that you would say that's the closest view to his view but i think he is diverged off by getting rid of that waiting for a savior something's going to come and save us it's either we are the ones that finally put an end to this shit however that's done or we don't well this goes back to that song again dave doesn't it That's you know, what I was going to say killing, when I lost my train of thought. Yeah, Killing Joke again, When Man is God again. That's And even Love Like Blood, the yeah. title. Like what? So we're used to being told like this program about love is hippy-dippy shit. But what is actually like... And it kind of goes back to that Consequences of Cowardice video, which I posted on Discord ages ago. And again, if we just lay aside the history hoax aspect of it and the fact we like we never did this crap. But in it, he says that for the Northern European people, love was a link to freedom and to allow your yourself or your family or people to live in servitude was 
the betrayal of love and then they link love in order to dealing with the people who are stealing your freedom so and what happens to you if you do that so love like blood i think there's even there's a hell of a lot in that one crazy uh, little piece of work that is i'll just uh, uh, just just alone till the fearless come and if you take into account he's even this guy's name the rebellious meat puppet we take into account the meat suit and how we're it's designed by what functions of chemicals whatever this fear and self-preservation that comes in. I don't mean, I wish I hadn't used the word self-preservation because people will misunderstand me. I just ignore that bit. But this fear that comes over us, this streak of cowardice that runs through mankind, and it binds us to this material construct and it binds us to the meat suit. And without going into too much details, I view the meat suit as an expression of the programming control that we're under, which I think is far more direct and it gets us to view ourselves as the meat suits and this material construct and so yeah i, I won't go into too much about it because that could be a whole podcast but just this very idea of to the fearless come and what fear does and how it's linked to the meat suit there is a whole world that you could think about with that you know the uh what the old saying about you know if, if you stare into the abyss then you'll become the abyss and yeah or if you fight with monsters fighting yeah. monsters you'll become the monster yeah. and I, I keep coming back or have done a few times over these months since oh. all this shit started about what you know yeah. that, that little quote and again the rmp always reminds me about it, it actually escapes me who actually said that i think one was nietzsche I don't think he said about monsters. Can't remember if the abyss was him or not. But uh, it doesn't matter. We we know exactly what it means and whatever. And and obviously this plays into certainly the the end of the narrative where our employees actually yeah. saying that not only you know will he take. Yeah. Great liberty to exact much torture and suffering on on whatever has caused all this. But he's absolutely going to enjoy it. He's going to make sure. <laughs> yeah. he enjoy, he's absolutely going. To, it's going to nourish his soul. And it makes me think of it's like uh, you know it's like fucking Game of Thrones, isn't it? Is is like is this guy <laughs> RMP is going to? Take out the creator and and become the thing that he as most of you know a, a bores or I, or yeah. you know, or is that just another again the thing to me is is and what my point was is is that those two little versions of the quote about looking into the abyss or becoming the monster is that just put in again into play because whenever revenge or retaliation is brought up wherever it's discussed or wherever it's any time the point is raised that bloody quotes or them quotes yeah. are flung into your face as much as any of the programming that we get chucked at us you know any of the, the program statements and, and whatever from people and it does make me think that it is a bit of a shield again going back to the what the power of a man could be I thought that's where you were going with it mm. and I was as you were saying it I was having the same thoughts because at least one of them comes from Nietzsche I'm pretty certain and as much as Nietzsche you know wrote a book called The Antichrist the more I read him and being very deeply involved in Christi Christianity the more I see that he was presenting because he was trying to overcome nihilism he kind of snuck 
a lot of Christianity in through the back door, which you only notice when you start to get more into him. And he says that statement, which is a kind of reworking of in the Bible. Well, in the King James, do not resist evil, but in the Greek, do not resist the evil one, turn the other cheek. And that programming is so deep in the European culture. And again, when it's put in this idea of monsters, it's basically saying, don't never fight the monster. Yeah. Which would basically be saying, just be a good little slave. And again, you're quite right. And we have this idea that we will become the monster. And don't stare into the abyss because the abyss may stay ba- stare back at you. Maybe this is the source of our power and we're not staring into the abyss. So you're quite, I think you are spot on. And you are also correct by saying, and I had this thought when I watched the end of this video, is it possible that if there is a literal demiurge who does this, that maybe maybe the resets are like some Neo character like RMP gets strong enough to take out the, the demiurge, that they then just become the demiurge. <laughs> been at war for so goddamn long and didn't even know it and the war that was waged against us was obviously a war for the mind a war for the perception a war for the belief systems a war for the ideologies of every goddamn man woman and child that's been sitting in front of that motherfucking television every day of their fucking life for basically as long as they have fucking lived that war has been waged against us with such a ferocity such a vicious ferocity and we didn't even perceive it, let alone know it, identify it, call it out for what it is. And when I say we, I'm referring to the human species as a whole. Obviously, there are people throughout the generations, in the last 30 years, for instance, 40 years, who have been awake, who've been telling people, who've been doing things like many of us on BitChute do, etc., etc. And they're the ones that have been ridiculed, called the fucking conspiracy theorists, and all the other fucking ridiculous shit that has come out of the minds, or the mouths, of the, the unaware, the mind control, the people who are suffering from the perception deception. Perception, deception. Expecto Patronum! I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head.